Welcome to the Mental Health in Schools podcast, designed and delivered by Anna Bateman. Hello and welcome to episode six of series two of Halcyon Education podcasts. We're now in part two, which is a theme around student leadership. In this episode, I'm at a secondary school talking to five year 11s and their lead teacher, who's a member of SLT. There's some fantastic actionable ideas that you could use in your school straight away. What's also interesting is that we discuss some things that are often a barrier to schools creating a well-being team, and that's involving students who may be vulnerable themselves, and also involving students in Year 11. First, a quick word from our sponsors. At Jigsaw PSHE, we believe that personal development and strategies to build mental well-being need to be taught and not left to chance. Jigsaw, the mindful approach to PSHE, leads the way in providing children and young people with its acclaimed, well-structured and developmental lesson-a-week learning experience in PSHE from ages 3 to 16. Detailed lesson plans and all the teaching resources needed, along with free updates and ongoing support, make Jigsaw an invaluable, relevant and fresh resource, taking the worry out of PSHE planning. Written by teachers for teachers. A mindfulness philosophy and practice underpins the whole programme. Statutory government requirements for relationships, health and sex education are amply covered. For more information, go to www.jigsawpshe.com or call at Jigsaw HQ. Now to the podcast. Welcome to Halcyon Education Podcasts. I'm in a secondary school today and I'm joined by five year 11s, so I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. Hi, so I'm Alice. Hiya, I'm Erin. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Jack. I'm Karis. Excellent, thanks very much guys. The reason why I've come to this school is to interview them because they're all sort of mental health champions or on the leadership team and I think it's really important to be able to gain an understanding of what that's like from their perspective and the benefits and the challenges sometimes in school of developing you know, a wellbeing team that's student-led. So I'm, I'm just really interested, I guess the first question is, since you've started your role, what have been the benefits do you think to the school in general but also to to students? I think maybe just um, kind of taking the strain off of the support team because they get a lot of referrals that they don't really have the time to deal with. Mm. So I think it's kind of taking the strain off them so that we can deal with certain situations that aren't as big, so they don't yeah. need the magnitude. Yeah, so it's like capacity building, exactly. supporting the staff. Yeah. Okay. I think it's really helpful for the other students in the school sometimes they feel less pressured or less scared talking to someone who's around the same age as them so our age rather than a teacher or the designated like student support so I think that's one of the main reasons that we've put this in place as well. Yeah yeah that's that's quite common I think isn't it? Is it do you think that they feel that you understand things better differently? Well I guess everyone goes through school but adults obviously went through it a lot longer than we did, so I think being able to empathise with them because we've just gone through it maybe only a couple of years ago, and we can give them advice on like how we dealt with certain situations which may have been similar to what they're struggling with. Mm. 
That's really interesting, isn't it? And really helpful for young people to know that they have not only got they've got adults to speak to, but that they've got people who've gone through it as well. Yeah. It's, I guess there's a different level of <coughs> empathy that comes mm. from that. Yeah, would you say? Yeah definitely. yeah, definitely. And I think some people would think that talking to someone your own age or a few years above, they'd be more understanding and kind of get it more, and they'd feel easier to talk to someone around their age. Mm. There's a lot less stigma talking to a fellow student rather than a specialist teacher. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Have you got any ideas um, why that might be? I'd say because if you're, I don't know, seen perhaps coming into a room like this or seeing talking to a, a member of staff from the wellbeing team, it's sort of like, oh, like someone's like, oh, well, they, they've got an issue, like some, something's like not right and other people might perceive that in a different way. Whereas if you're just talking to one of us, we're a student, so you don't think any, anything of it, so it's just like you're having a chat with another student. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Is there anything that you've been able to do collectively as a team around stigma in school? Is that, has that been an issue or is there anything that you've identified particularly? I mean, I think in terms of like the wellbeing team, I think there's always been a stigma around it wherever you go. In terms of mental health, there's always a stigma around it. And I think it's just kind of breaking down that barrier and saying like it's okay to talk to people. It's okay if you're feeling these ways if you're not understanding things then it's okay and that's what we're trying to work towards we're trying to work towards the fact that you shouldn't feel worried about coming to talking to someone you should be open to the fact that you are uh, addressing your needs and issues Mm. and we should see that as a strength rather than a weakness Mm. what kind of activities have you done to try and promote that it's okay to talk as a team, we've had loads of assemblies, mm-hmm. which I think in some ways have kind of like increased the stigma in some level. Okay. Because when it becomes this big, thing. scary thing of there's this tiered approach and you need to follow it like this, which you don't need to follow it in those steps. But I think the more like kind of forced on it is, the scarier it seems, especially to those who are like more shy, who you know like a lot of the time people you can't tell whether someone's going through something just by like seeing them a lot of the time it's just like to themselves and I think the more bigged up it is the more stressful it is because you think about it and you think oh what could happen um Mm. and they end up not wanting to so by raising raising awareness you think that actually that's created some anxiety there's always like pros and cons of stuff like this and I think raising awareness was helpful because people need to know that it's happening but I think there are different ways besides assemblies where like you're all gathered in a hall and there's this big powerpoint going on so we've made posters which are going in register trays okay. just so you can go up in the form rooms and maybe the teacher will just say oh this is the thing that's happened and that's all they really need to say about it and then mm-hmm. the poster can be up and then someone can just refer themselves rather than making it a big knock on the door you know right yeah, we also we also have a box. So if you kind of want to be anonymous and you just you just like have a question or something, you can just stick a little note in the box, and then one of us will check it, say once a week, and we'll then go and find that person and answer their question mm-hmm. and answer any more if they have any. Because we go to them, it's not as scary mm-hmm. for them because they don't have to come and find us. We will go to them and we'll sort it out. Okay. 
And have you started using the box? Is that something that's... It's in place, it's just we're waiting. The posters, when, once the posters are going out, we expect there to be questions and some things put in the box. Mm. So once the posters are, and people are aware that we're doing this, because mm. people aren't really aware at the moment, then I think it will start to pick up. Yeah, it's so. available for both questions and people referring to themselves wanting to talk to a student rather yeah. than a teacher. Yeah. I think we'll still talk to them in, in here, but because we're going to find that like this corridor isn't in use unless you're going to like this room because the science rooms which is the other side of the door so it's kind mm-hmm. of like going down the you know where you're going corridor yeah, yeah. you're going to the, everyone going to the room go. okay right okay so the box isn't in here it's no. somewhere no. else no it's yeah. in the main reception yeah. in the front of school which is accessible to everyone through. brilliant so. and it's, i love the idea that it's going to be one of you guys that will go to the person I think that's absolutely brilliant I think that's a, that, like you said it keeps it on the down low it's kind of yeah, yeah. yeah there's nothing like big here we don't need to make, make a big you know, you're going to the yeah. room the room yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just put something in the box instead yeah. but you know that it's something that kind of is, is well yeah it's everyday life isn't it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. actually you guys have had some training I guess have you, yeah. have you yeah. had training to do your role what kind of training um, safeguard training safeguarding training mm-hmm. and if and we've looked a lot at if a certain issue comes to us and we're not quite sure how to deal with it then we can refer it on yeah. or if we feel like the student is in danger then we're to report it on and if it's just like a little peer issue or a friend group issue and we can sort that yeah. then that's absolutely fine but if we feel like they're in danger or an adult needs to be made aware of it then we're to go and um, let someone know yeah that's um, and we have to explain that to them and say like everything yeah. you say if you tell me anything that could put yourself in danger then we'll yeah. refer it on it's, with that in mind i'm just wondering um about just checking the box once a week what would you do if somebody put something in like on a monday and then it was only checked on a friday what would you what's going to happen in the meantime i was just wondering we could have what we could do is we could have everybody we gone weekly vote aware you check it every day yeah yeah yeah, there are five of us. So in five days, and it takes up like, what five minutes to yeah. empty a box and have a look. Absolutely, yeah. so great idea. Yeah, yeah, because then, yeah, because then, if somebody's disclosed something, I guess it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and especially as it's going to be successful, you know, you're you're doing some wonderful things to promote it, aren't you? You're you know you're doing your posters and you're kind of you're doing your assembly so people know who you are and what you're about. Yeah. So you might find that yeah, that's yeah. We've also we've also like some of us have also done bullying training through the Diana Awards. Oh yes. Um. So we can we learn there like how to address bullying, how to like if you see like certain things occurring, then. That's obviously bullying, and we learn how to address the situation, de-escalate the situation, and then how to report it and go from there as well. Mm. So it's not just, yes, there'll be stuff in the box and we can address them there, but we can also address stuff that we see in mm. plain view. Mm. It's important to have that training, isn't it? And Definitely. That and have you done anything around mental health? We Is did a mental something? health training yeah. day, I think. I think it was a full day. And um, we had one of our ex-teachers come in who was mental health trained. Mm. I think we mainly just learned about like the different types of mental health problems yeah. and what can trigger those, how to deal with yeah. someone we, who you know. We has. had Team Brain, didn't we? As well. Oh, as well. Team uh, Brain? Team so Brain, yeah. Somebody came in, I think it, is the it professor an organisation? Professor John Coleman. Yeah, Professor John Coleman came in and talked to us about how teens brains are physically different, like, you know, uh, they're, they're like programmed to get up a bit later and go to bed later so we learned about that for the day yeah which was quite good did you find that interesting oh i, I really enjoyed that did you? i like that it yeah. certainly explained why 
a lot of the things I do. Especially teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's something that all the teenagers can Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And do you think then that, so that training and that knowledge that you've got, which sounds extensive, does that kind of provide you with a level of confidence to feel like you can then tackle and deal with issues? Yeah, well, we actually, once we'd done the mental health training, we went off to some of the lower schools in the local area and we delivered sessions to the lower um, school children so we so they would then gain that broader knowledge in terms of mental health because it's not it's not spoke about in terms of lower school I mean we never really, had anything we've never had anything so delivering it to the younger students making them aware at the lower schools making them aware at a young age mm. not so much exposing them but just mm. giving them that knowledge yeah. if something does happen they know that it's okay exactly and there's people in place to talk to about it and yeah. it's not just this big new thing and they're also students that will come up through the system at Lincroft so they will understand because we kind of explained the the systems here and what we do here so when they eventually get here they will understand the processes which occur here yeah so because we do it for year fives and sixes so we will be joining the school very soon uh, it's really good for transition, isn't it? So yeah. yeah. I guess you've given them some confidence in um, un- yeah, knowing that this is a school that you can, where you can talk about mental health. Yeah. And the that I- is really fundamental. Yeah, the idea is to bring them up with it so they already know, yeah. rather than it being thrown at them during year nine yeah. when they're going for work, when they're a teenager and probably don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, just to bring them that up background them. knowledge that's yeah, really yeah. we did this last academic year for the year sixes and fives in the lower schools and the year sixes have already come up mm. into the, they're already at the school so the kind of they know how it works and, mm. and how this, the things work here in terms of mental health and what systems are in place and I think that's that's a, just a great thing mm. to have and it, it definitely takes the pressure off of some of the teachers because they don't have to then explain the processes and waste time they can spend time on learning and education and development of the children mm. but it also means we're a familiar face so if they mm. didn't want to go to a teacher they could just come to us mm-hmm. of course yeah. Yeah. especially yeah. If, once they come into a new school they might not know the teachers well they might not feel like they'll be able to trust them because they don't really know them very well mm. but as they're already aware <coughs> of who we are they might feel comfortable like oh I remember them teaching me about this I'll go to them yeah I think it's a helpful time to talk about it as well because a lot of the anxiety from children I think is around change and yes. especially change in school so I think a lot of them well I know that some people do get confused by like why am I feeling so sad but I think having that presentation to them yeah. will have cleared up at least some of the questions. Mm. And what you're describing is, is you know, just what we what we mean by the men- mental health prevention. So you're you're part of that, you know, mental health prevention offer, so that we're not just waiting for crisis, but you know, you're putting things in place and saying, well, actually, we didn't have this when we were at primary school. Yeah, I'm really interested in that. So what? Just if you can think back to primary school, so there was nothing around mental health. Where, where did you assimilate? Where did you learn the information about mental health? Um, I'd say when we came to Lincroft. Probably when I was in year six, it wasn't really spoken about. When I was in year seven, year seven, year, year yeah. seven, year eight, um, like there was word about it, and then there was a new like team I think put together, mm-hmm. and the word and it became more aware to us that okay. there was these issues because before I was I didn't really it wasn't a thing. Yeah, I was completely oblivious. And when it was implemented in year seven, it wasn't a big thing. Like no. not many people were aware about yeah. it. Not many people were told like how we deal with mental health. I think it's only been the last couple of years. I didn't even know it existed until that, that we've we've understand yeah. the the whole 
spectrum of mental health and mm. and what it is and how we deal with it. And I think at, at our age, I don't think we learnt it young enough, especially like with all the pressures of exams and stuff and the mental health effect that has. Mm. I don't think we learnt it early enough. Mm. No. And so do you think you... So when you had... Uh, possibly you felt anxious at times in your life before you kind of understood what mental health was in primary what what did you kind of imagine what did you think if you'd not been kind of given the vocabulary or the knowledge what 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 kind of did you I don't I don't really think I had any issues of being anxious then because it was just kind of just happy lower school life really I don't really think there was any worries or stresses, so I don't, it didn't. Yeah, because when, when we were in today. lower school, because it was three tiers, so we didn't really have like sats at lower mm. school, so it was all just fun funny. and games. Yeah, and yeah. So Lincoln, there was there was no worries. <laughs> to be fair, at Lincroft, our sats were so relaxed. The yeah. year the year the year below us, who had their sats, it was really it was intense for them, yeah. and they put loads of um, they, they pressure. Were, yeah, there were loads of mm. pressure. Loads of revision groups, you had yeah, to like go to and stuff. For us, because. I think they decided on. I just joined. They, they just decided on reducing it to a two-tier system. So then SATs suddenly became really important mm. because you go from primary school doing SATs. It's like the main test of primary, mm. and it predicts your GCSE grades. Whereas when we did it, it was like, yeah, <laughs> we Which I, I don't that. agree with. But hey, hey, yeah. almost like an easier, funner time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now a short break to hear from our sponsors. CPOMS is an online system for schools to manage pastoral concerns and events and is now used by over 10,000 schools. The main reason it works so well is that the categories of information a school logs on CPOMS are chosen by the school so that the concerns you face that are unique to your community or individuals can be logged accordingly. It saves a huge amount of time compared to doing things on paper Chronologies for pupils, or school-wide reports, can be generated quickly. The Service Point support team provide an incredible standard of service and one of the main reasons that CPOMs are spread by word of mouth to so many schools. For more information, go to www.cpoms.co.uk where you can also book a demo for your school. Now back to the podcast. I noticed on the table you've done something to with the new Ofsted framework. So obviously in the UK we've got a new Ofsted framework that came out in September. And you, have you done some work around that? Yes, so we've reviewed Ofsted's new focus on wellbeing and mental health. And we've gone through it and we've rated it of evidence of how it is portrayed in our school. And we've gone through and, and sort of just said where this is apparent in our school, where it's not, how can we work on this? And we've kind of thought of solutions to it and just really kind of just had a big long talk about the whole Ofsted focus mm. yeah were you, were you supported to do that or did you sit as a uh, five and we do were it? given I, I think did you miss that no no Alice, Alice was here yeah, and we all missed it, didn't we? it was five of us we, yeah we all speaking. kind of just we sat on this table and we all just went through it as a collective and just reviewed it mm. um I think we had three sheets. Huh? So yeah. the students reviewed it by themselves. Well, us five reviewed it by ourselves, and the teachers also reviewed it, and then we looked at it together. Mm. That's that. Yeah. So the toolkit, that's where it's from, and it's public health. So what we do is we bring public health into education, yeah. and then I just cropped it to suit the four areas of the Ofsted framework. 
Excellent. Yeah. And will you then be part of some of the solutions to some of the gaps yeah, that you've noticed? Definitely. Yeah. So we've already picked up evidence that shows for an evidence that's showing like, against areas we need to improve. So I think throughout the, the year we're going to come up with like solutions and things that we can do to keep it as positive as possible. Mm. Have you got one example that you think? One point was about the mental health, like, there's a stigma. So yeah. we identified that there's a stigma around the room that we're in at the, the moment, <laughs> which yeah. is why we thought of the box along with Miss McGee, mm. just to try and yeah. battle it. Yeah, for example here, one of the um, Ofsted focuses is comfortable and appropriate spaces are provided around managing emotional health and well-being. And our evidence gathering is there are these places in place, but there's a stigma, like this room. So that's so we've already put um, something in place to yeah. try and get rid of that stigma as best mm-hmm. we can. Yeah. Obviously, there's some we can't help yes. with. Cause no, the, the healthy meals. Yeah. That's because of the school catering company. Yeah, yeah. although I, I have known leadership teams, actually. So one school I worked in, they actually um, lobbied the, the leadership team because they basically felt the school meals were not appropriate enough. Yeah. And, and that led to change. And they actually sat in with some of the discussions around the contracts <laughs> for... <laughs> for uh, yeah. you know finding the right place so yeah, yeah. don't don't underestimate what you can no. although i'm not suggesting you do no no, no. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you've got enough we know to the, do. we know the phrase healthy body healthy mind Absolutely. so yeah yeah definitely well, and how it's just just one other question how do you then balance the things that you're doing because again this is something that i find sometimes for schools is a barrier you know you're in year 11 obviously it's a really important challenging year, year for you and your well-being and and often when i talk to schools about the importance of a group like yourself they worry about the group's well-being so you know particularly if we've got vulnerable students i'm not suggesting necessarily we have any vulnerable students on your leadership team but sometimes in some of the schools there may be someone that's already had their own challenges with their own well-being but also you're in a very challenging year yourself so how, how is it that you get do you get supported through that well we it's not like we have a weekly designated meeting you must come to this and there's not really a lot of pressure put on us it's just sort of a when there's an issue that needs to be resolved we'll get together and we'll and we'll sort it out yeah but it's not really a, a, a demand that you must be here it's kind of a relaxing environment if you want to help you want to think of a solution when there's an issue then you then we will mrs mcgee will just let us know look we're going to have this meeting um come if you want to come and be a part of the solution yeah so it's quite a relaxed environment. Yeah, we also delegate quite well. So, like, if there's an issue, say I check the box, but I have something going on after school, say I'm at maths help or something, I can very easily delegate that to one of my fellow yeah. students. Yeah. And it, it, it just works like that. So, so you're all in it together. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a member missing today. OK. And the reason the member's missing is, is she felt that this was a bit too much for her. Yeah. And I said, that's absolutely, absolutely fine. fine. This isn't compulsory. Yeah. This is about you sharing. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah. Great. You know, and I've very much always had that kind of relationship with these guys. Yeah. And, yeah. and because you've got that relationship, then I guess if there is anything tricky that you come against or come up with, I guess that help is, is mm. there. Yeah, you know, and you can access yeah. that support as and when you need. I also think having Miss McGee kind of leading the, us, I think that's one of the best things because we all get on with Miss McGee very well. We all respect her and respect her intentions and um, advantages. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's the best kind of way we could do it because mm. if we say we were working with a teacher who we didn't really respect mm. or like, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. No. Mm. Um, but, we all very very much like Miss McGee and yeah. we all respect well, her. Well, they interviewed me. We've done that as well. We've, we've, we've done quite a bit of interview. interview panels where we get to interview 
teachers just to see head what teacher we, we did yeah we did head teacher we did, head head teacher. Teacher. We did assistant head head we did recently head of years. We did a new head computing head teacher second head of maths years. oh yeah, yeah. Second second of maths. Yes. Wow. and head of year eight yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And developing your skills along the way. I mean, exactly. how, how yeah. important it works. That? It works both ways. Definitely. Really, so. Great, great. So that's that's kind of really helpful for schools. You know, if they are kind of thinking, you know, well, how's that going to work? You know, if somebody's yeah. well-being isn't always, uh, you know, uh, okay, and sometimes they have times where they're great, and sometimes not. That you know, having that relationship is absolutely crucial, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. To be able to feel that you can go and talk to someone if you need to, and reach out. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I guess that really concludes the kind of any thoughts that I've got have you got anything that you maybe wanted to add that we haven't covered that you felt we, we should or should cover or is there anything you want to even ask me um, just a quick question for you so mm. like obviously we only see what happens in this school so how would you say we are as a school in terms of mental health awareness and how do other schools compare to us I would say that you are on the uh, what would we call it sort of the, you know the high the high sort of the outstanding end of mental health and emotional well-being for what you've described. I mean, obviously, I've only just had a couple of conversations with Cat on the phone, and I've only you know sort of seen you for an hour today. But having worked in a few schools now, you can you can spot very quickly in the environment and and in, in the way that you speak about what it's like here. So I'd say that your your school are very high on the agenda of actually the culture of the school being really important and all the CAM specialists that I speak to and people like that they always say actually if you've got the culture of the school right so people can say I'm not okay and there's that reduction in stigma then you've got an environment where people can talk and get support so and I would say very high on that sounds like all your systems as well and your processes so that things the tiered approach you talk about is really embedded well here too so and the other area that I tend to look in schools is curriculum so I'm you know PSHE and how we teach emotional literacy how we teach problem solving and and good anti-bullying policies as well as as kind of part of that and lessons and I would probably say I would make an assumption that that was quite clear here as well so and especially if you're looking at the new Ofsted frameworks and things I would say that's that's amazing so does that help yeah and (laughs) one more question what do you think was uh, in your opinion the best school you've been to and what did they do that made them so good with dealing with mental health the best school that that I've been to and I'm going to talk about secondary because I do work in primary is where they have aligned their their attainment so their progress and their results are phenomenal but the mental health and the well-being is absolutely phenomenal as well and I think sometimes schools think that if you've got great attainment and you you know that's and then mental health is kind of on the back burner or if you've got great mental health and actually attainment and and you know your results are not always good but when you've got a school that have got both as an absolute high priority and that it's part of the leadership team, it's part of responsibilities, it's part of student leadership, that's when you see there's the best schools. They're the best schools. And what kind of processes do you see within other schools that work very well? So processes that work really well are where we can do some kind of screening of all students. Some of the schools that I work in we might use, it's sometimes called strength and difficulty questionnaire, or we might re- use a resilience questionnaire, and in primary we might use something called three houses, 
and we basically get all the students to complete it so that you can then start to pick up because I think you mentioned earlier sometimes there's, there's children that go under the radar there's young people yeah. that we don't see and they're kind of you know they're coping and, and internalizing and, and that kind of method helps us to really understand what's going on in our school rather than waiting for crisis yeah. So that's a really good way of screening all the students. And then what, what we do is put them in at what we call a pyramid of need. So you've got this sort of made the top tier, which is the students that are most in need, and they're probably accessing services from external agencies. Then you've got the middle tier where you may then find that some of those students might benefit from a, a confidence building group or emotional literacy group. Mm. And then you've got the kind of bottom tier, which is everybody but you're also strengthening what's happening there so in my experience if we can strengthen what happens whole school which is why what you're doing is fantastic and we can strengthen what happens in the middle then we reduce the the amount of crises we get to with mental health we'll never we'll never get you know it won't always go i mean mental health is part of our you know everyday life yeah so does that does that make sense mm-hmm. so that's a kind of quite quite a process that i've seen and i use in quite a few schools so here at Linkoff we do past surveys, mm. so that's pupils attitude yeah. to self and study. And then when I identify the, the, the concerned students, they'll go through yoga intervention using the resilient framework. Brilliant. So that, that's, yeah. that's what's been going on with some students here. Oh yeah, we do yoga and PE, which is really nice for relax. Yeah. Oh, I like that, that's and good. Every student has the resilient framework at the back of our planners. So every term we have to choose two targets to focus on. Mm. So mine this term was sleep more and have a laugh. Oh, good. Because I think it's important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. Because, like, you. stressful times yeah. and stuff. But it's really good to identify problems and then fix them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because life doesn't always throw things at, at us that we want or choose, um, right. but it's how yeah. we deal with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's been a real pleasure to come today and to meet you all, and I think you're doing an amazing job, led by Kat, of course. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. This episode and the students tackle some really interesting issues around vulnerability, stigma, Ofsted, big feelings and transition, just to name a few. But one thing is clear over the last two episodes, that training is essential to the success of a well-being team and to the safety of the children and young people that we involve. Making sure that there's a lead person who provides ongoing support and a respected adult is obviously clear too. Defined roles for the young people, which could be co-produced, and ensuring that the vulnerability of any students on the wellbeing team can and should be managed. For further ideas and support, go to the Housing Education website. For episode five and six, there are a couple of helpful downloads for you and a link to the academic resilience framework that was talked about by the students in this episode. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast. For more information and support on this topic, go to the resources section on the website. That's www.halcyon.education forward slash podcasts.